Welcome to the SEG Church Daily Devo Podcast. Glad that you joined us. We're getting some of our questions, answering some of yours, and giving some of our thoughts. Hey everyone, Pastor Autumn here. Welcome to day 16 of Send It. Today we will continue to learn about sacrifice. If you were to make an estimate, how many of your possessions do you actually own? Would you be shocked to find out the answer is 0%? Warning, we're hoping today's Devo is going to challenge you. Oh, and I'd also like to introduce you to the second of our Devo readers. Meet Brennan. He's on our tech staff and serves as a rooted leader and in young adults. He is serving our church by reading today's Devo. Let's get going. Today's scripture is from 1 Chronicles 29, 10-14, and 16. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our Lord, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand, Lord our God. All this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand, and all of it belongs to you. Today's Devo is titled, You Own Nothing. Yesterday, we learned that money has a uniquely dangerous power in our lives. One of the most significant ways it can trap us is in how we think about our role in relation to our possessions. The first word a baby learns may be mama, but the second is almost always mine. If you want a quick lesson on the human heart, just observe how a two-year-old will bite, kick, hit, and steal to get the toy they believe they have the right to possess. Nobody has to teach us to claim what is mine, even if that thing currently happens to be in someone else's possession. It's an inborn talent. When it comes to the resources we have at our disposal, all of our money and things, we tend to still have the same mindset. It's mine. What do you think the Bible has to say about that? How much of what you think is yours actually belongs to you? All of it? 90%? Because of course we know 10% belongs to God, right? Nope. You're about 90% too high. You own nothing. It's all God's. Every single item you possess, every dollar in the bank, every investment you've ever made or will make, all of it belongs to God. This is where we get confused. We think we own things. We're wrong. We're not owners, we're managers. Think of an investment manager. What do they do with the money they are entrusted with? They build wealth for the owner. They don't get to use it for their own purposes. They are legally required to use it for the purposes of its owner. We're just the managers. It's all God's stuff. We just get to invest it for him. When it comes to our resources, there's God's job and there's our job. God's part is to own everything and decide what and how much of what he owns we get to manage. He controls everything and he promises to give us what we need. He will provide for us. That's his part. Our part is to be faithful with what he has given us. If he's given us a lot, we need to be faithful to do with it what he would want us to. If he's given us a little, we need to be faithful to do with it what he would want us to. And we need to be faithful with all of it. Tithe is a concept the Bible introduces to us in Genesis and keeps on teaching us throughout. The idea is that we recognize God's ownership of everything we have by freely handing 10% directly back to Him. He never intended it for our use. 
That 10% is simply an indicator that shows us if we really believe that God is in charge of us or not. Then there's the rest, the 90%, or closer to 60% after taxes. It's still not ours, it's still God's. That's the part we get to faithfully manage. We get to decide with this remaining portion, how can I best serve God and his people? Do you use it to take care of your family? Yes. Do you use it to prepare for your future? Yes. Do you use it to invest in kingdom ministries? Yes. God promises to do his part in our finances. Our part is to grow in faithfulness. Okay, so we're here with our teaching team again, and today we are talking about money and what our relationship with money is, what's our part and what's God part, God's part and, and kind of who owns what. And um, I was thinking about this and I heard the, the best story. I don't know if you guys heard this story, but um, one of our, our members was at a, re a local restaurant and they left the restaurant and they got into a car and they started it up and they drove it home and they got home and their kids had seen them drive up and they said, dad, whose car is that? And he had driven, you know, it was like a push start car and the person had like left keys. their keys in it. And so he drove the car all the way home and then he had no idea whose car it was. So he called the police and reported it. And then of course the people had reported their car stolen and the police came over and were laughing. They're like, you would not believe how much, how many times this actually oh, happened. Like okay. well, well. But the people came and got their car and they were ticked. They were so mad. And um, it just made me think about like that idea of ownership, you know, like it was so embarrassing to him that he had taken something that wasn't actually his. And for them, they were so offended, even though this guy was like a perfectly reasonable mistake, had taken something that they considered theirs. Yeah. And so that's really kind of the point of today's Devo is understanding like what's ours and what's God's. And um, we started the Devo out with David saying, I gave you all of this stuff, but it was all yours anyway. So just thanks for letting me hand it back over to you. So um, what do you guys think about that idea? Like what are some of the things in your life that you have a hard time recognizing aren't actually yours? Hmm. Let's start out with James because we don't want to leave him until the very end. Well, definitely children. Because that's the, that's the hard time, uh, you know, marriage, family things like that those are the your sister my sister I have a hard time no I mean you know it's like you say like oh god you can have everything except don't impact those people mm -hmm. don't do that so that's a good question I think um, a part of my story is really wrestling with this idea of money and making money um, when I was previously doing business and transitioning from business into ministry, there was this huge release of my finances to God. And not that I don't struggle with it, but to be honest, okay, I'll tell you really quick, the highlights is um, when I transitioned from business, I said, okay, God, if I'm doing this, I am all in and I'm not gonna care because my whole life was dedicated to making money. And then I went into ministry and I said, I need to have a complete like 180. It's kind of like an alcoholic who says like, I can't even have a drink anymore. You know, I can't even touch this stuff anymore because I'm so addicted to it. And so this is really wild. And I told someone about this the other day is, I used to be so about money and making money that I would know every detail about our finances and where we're going, what we're doing, how much we're making. Um, when I transitioned out, 
I no longer know how to log into my bank account. And so the, the deal is, is Amy and I set a budget and um, we kind of have all the buckets that we put our money into when we get a paycheck. And so, you know, there's the tithing goes first and then the you know, projects around here and, you know, down the line. And then we live off of whatever we've set. And I just check in with her and I go, hey, are we still on track with all the things that we've agreed upon? Because I know it's like an alcoholic going into a bar if I go and I log on. And, I just, and so I just have completely pulled back. We set our priorities and then I just say, okay, it's yours. Because if I try to just take a little bit of it, I'm gonna wanna take all of it. And so that's, that's for me how I have to deal with money. That's cool. Um, okay, so one of the other big concepts that we teach about money is the idea of the uh, owner versus the manager or the steward, like being a steward of finances. So how have you guys in your life uh, tried to step into that stewardship role um, as opposed to the owner role. Um, Matt, what, what do you think about oh, that? Oh yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind is Matthew 25, which is the parable of the talents, right? I think in summary of what that parable means, it, it, it's basically that God expects a return on his investment in you, mm-hmm. right? Like if we were just to give him what he had given us, we wouldn't hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Because there isn't that story, somebody that just gives, that hides uh, the talents, the treasures, the, the, the currency, the whatever it is, and just gives it back to God in the same form and the same amount that he had given him previously. And it says that when the, uh, when the manager comes back, that he says, that he calls him wicked. And so that, I guess it's really understanding that, that all I have, whether it be my finances, whether it be my time, whatever it may be, that I have to grow those things, right? I have to multiply those things in, in a way, uh, understanding that, yeah, like I'm a steward of these things and, and um, God is kind and merciful and forgiving, but that I have, I have responsibility with the gifts, the, the resources that he has given me um, to one, build his kingdom, which we're gonna talk about tomorrow, uh, not ours, and, and two, um, steward it well. So yeah, just seeing, seeing, seeing um, that God expects a, a return on his investment in me. I think for me, it's the, the struggle is, is that um, as I start to see success or, you know, because I, I, you have to work hard to be successful. And so you start thinking that, oh, maybe, maybe I am the master here. Maybe I'm the one that's doing it. And so the struggle is always there. It's like, no, I am the created. I'm not the creator. And that dichotomy is very real and we need to recognize it. And so the way I recognize it is, I, I give to the church. I realize, hey, this is money that I made, but God really made it, and I give it to him because I recognize through that gift that it's his. It's all his. It's all, it's his, all his, but I just give him the first fruits and just let him say, hey, this is money that I'm going to give to you because you are the master. Jamie, you are the creator. You say that idea like, um, well, I made the money because that's all how all of us feel is I worked hard. I'm the one who put in the hours. I got the X, Y, Z. If you start to break it down, though, how much of it really was you? Like Acts 17 says, like, your gifts, your appointed yeah. time, history, your family. If you think about it, it, even the money that you made was not you. You didn't put yourself, you know, in this place and time in, in history in order to have those opportunities. You were, you were born with certain gifts. And well, just like he t- was sharing about his friend yesterday, you know, this guy that seems so much more deserving than him. Like, what makes you any more deserving of the mm-hmm. money than him? Right. Yeah. yeah. But, but I think there is effort goes into I'm not saying it. there's no effort, but I'm saying what percentage is based on God's providence and his, you know, and where he placed you and what he placed you with versus your effort. I'm not saying there's no responsibility that we have, but just think about what the percentage is there. Um, you know, you talk about the people who are in Indonesia. 
Well, guess what? They may have all the gifts and all this, and what they were lacking was being born in the wrong place. Yeah. You share a story about even opportunity. I think you used an example once in a sermon about Bill Gates being born in the only town that had a, a computer at their library. Right. Right. So it's like, it was obviously, you know, he's structured in such a way in which he was placed in a very specific location. Same as with all of us and all of our resources, right? Right. I was thinking about just the idea of being a steward, and I think that I didn't really understand it until I had kids, and I bought them an iPad. And, you know, you buy your kid an iPad, what they make you do it in, like, second or third grade, and it's this 800 to to $1,000 machine that you're putting in the hands of a 9- and 10-year-old. And we bought, like, the toughest case possible for our kids, but they didn't like the way that it made them interact with the screen. Like, they didn't like the touch of it. And so one day, um, one of our kids had taken the cover off of his screen, and he was I was walking into campus here and he tripped and of course he tripped and threw his iPad and just shattered the screen. And I was so mad at him and it was because I had given him a resource to steward and he just completely disrespected it, disrespected me, disrespected how hard we had worked to even purchase that for him, you know, and so I think that's kind of one of those things where it's like, like you're talking about the parable of the talents. Like, look at all the things that God has given me that I just treat like they're worthless um, because I don't treat them well, uh, be it, you know, from the way that I treat my car or, you know, the resources that God has given me by, by not um, stewarding them the way that, that he wants. So what about you, Doyle? What do you think? What are your thoughts on all this? What was the question again? Oh, well, wake up. Whatever, He's what, awake. whatever you want about being a steward, owner. Um, manager. manager. How about this? Can I can I put in a, a little angle? Because you're getting to see a lot of people who are uh, entering into retirement and then the people that were right before you in life stage, what it looks like towards the last 15 years of many of these people's lives that you, you've watched. What does it look like now with that on the other side of the career and they've made the money and all that? So it's it's kind of interesting. So I don't want to offend anybody, but um, sometimes I'll be at a place, um, and I'll be in 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 a, in a I don't know a store, a Target or a Walmart or a whatever, and there will be some ancient person there, still working, and and so there's my honest. I'm just being honest. My honest response is, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that, you know, whatever happened in your life, and, and I'm assuming they don't want to be there, which I have no grounds for that. I just don't think I'd want to be there. And, and it's an honorable job, and it's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with it. But I just go, oh, I'm sorry that your life turned out this way. But here's here's the converse of that. So it's, it's all wrong on my part. All this is all judgmental and making up stories about people, okay? But I'm good at it. Um, so... The other side is I see someone who retires, they get retirement age, they've got lots of money saved up, they're going to travel, they're going to do this, they're going to do the other thing, but their kids aren't speaking to them because they didn't invest in them when they were growing up. And so I'm thinking, oh, I'm sorry for you. you know. And then I look in the mirror and I go, well, I can't do this, that, or the other thing, because I start to feel sorry for myself. But then I go, no, wait a minute, I have a reason for being on this earth. And to me, and, and it's, not a, it's not a made up reason, it's not a whistle in the dark, hope it's true reason, it's honestly good as I'm on this earth for a reason. And that's the, so when, when it talks about the guy who wanted to build bigger barns, all that stuff, they said the sin is being rich toward yourself or for yourself and not rich toward God. 
So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're walk, working at Walmart or if you can retire comfortably. If you're not about the thing that God put you on this earth to be about, it's a waste. That's the point. It's a waste. So it's almost like money is not the issue. We think it's the issue. Money is just, as some guys say, money is how you keep score. Well, giving away money is how you keep score. There's a couple of examples in the Testament that Paul seemed to suggest uh, when he's taking up offering for people who are struggling. One group especially, he says, I can tell you're strong in your faith by how much money you gave. And he is just saying that good measure of where you're at in your faith is what you do with your money. It's not about how much money you have, how much you don't have. It's about what's the purpose? What's the purpose of your life? And by the way, the people he's writing to were very poor and they were still very generous. So, uh, so for me, the whole money thing, I, I'm kind of, I'm not over it. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit hmm, exhausted with people who say they're Christians and won't let it touch their money. Mm-hmm. I just kind of feel like, well, then I don't really have time for you because you're not serious about your faith. Now, if you don't have it figured out and you're working on it and you're trying to figure it out, let's talk. But if you really have just said to God, no, that's not a part of the deal, then I'm kind of like, eh, you're not going anywhere, so why would I invest in you? And that's an awful thing, and I wouldn't say that to anybody, although I just Is it did. that awful, though? I just said it. But <laughs> is it really that awful? Like, Jesus would tell the rich young ruler, go sell all you have and give it to the poor and follow me, and he didn't, and Jesus didn't go, oh, I'm so sorry, <laughs> like, and chase after him. He just went, okay, bye. What's really interesting about that passage is when it went away, it said he went away sad, it's not sad. It's in anguish. It's the same word as used when Jesus was in the garden. It, this guy really wanted to follow Jesus. He just couldn't break yeah. the grip of money, mm. of greed. Mm. And that's how strong it is. And that's how serious we have to take it. This guy wasn't a, he wasn't a flake. He wasn't, he wasn't just a looky though. He was serious. And so when he went away, he had to come to grips with the truth about himself. Mm. And so I think when we teach things like tithing, I think people don't like it because people have to come to grips with themselves. What do I really love more? Do I love Jesus or do I love money? You can't serve both. Wow. You can't serve God and mammon. Really so so for me, this whole money thing is huge. And I, I, to be honest, I'm a little frustrated about the church in the West especially. I mean, for a long time, we tried to tell ourselves that the church existed so we could fund missions and change the world. But we're not even giving now. I, I'd much rather take an offering in Africa than in, in America. Offerings in Africa among believers are fun. They'll take three or four a service. They are fun. And these people are dirt poor. They have a parking lot with their church. They don't have any cars. It's funny that they have a parking lot. And yet, these people, they dance to the front, they give the money. So, so James said something uh, earlier in the week, and he said uh, about his friend, and that James had no right to speak about money to his friend. His friend had a money issue. His friend had a heart issue about money. And what had happened is he began to compare. One of the things happening in Africa now is the church is, is starting to become middle class, and they're starting to get their eyes on money. This is one of the things the local leaders told me. The, the locals are starting to make some money, and now they're starting to make money, they're starting to think that that's going to solve their problems. And they're starting to lose their faith because they, they think that money is going to solve it. And, and you know, coming from the West, we know that's absolutely not true. So for me, the whole blindness, the lie about money, is I think that's why Jesus talked about it so much. It's just a lie, and it's so easy to believe. And by the time you come to realize the truth about it, 
back to the original question, by the time you realize the truth, you're old and gray and you've made your mistakes and some of them are irreparable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the bottom line on this one is that you brought up the passage about Jesus and, and the barns. And one of the things he says in there is you fool your money will be taken from you tonight or your life will be taken and with it your money and i think that's just great because it's you whether you believe it or not um you are not an owner because whether you give it today or you give it in 20 or 50 or 60 whatever you, it jesus will get it god will get that money it's just um are you going to be a good steward of it or, or not so so save some of those thoughts because that is actually the passage for day four. Sorry. Yeah, we jumped, no, we jumped ahead. Uh, but we jumped ahead. I do have just a couple quick. We, I, our timer went off, so I don't know how much time we have left. That means but, the Holy Spirit stopped it, yeah, so we can just keep so talking. So we get to keep talking. Um, okay, so a couple quick questions. Um, I'm just gonna. What is tithe? So somebody give me a. Couple can we save that for tomorrow? Because it's gonna be a longer answer than your than like ten percent. Okay. Sorry. I'll have, give you an answer. 10%. Okay. okay. He says 10%, 10% and, and we'll elaborate more tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay. And, and I, if you want to know if it's on the net or the gross, you just decide which one you want God to bless. Okay. <laughs> now let's just offend everybody here. So if you, um, what's the difference between tithing and giving? So tithing is your first fruits, 10% right off the top. It's, and then giving is above and beyond. So, for example, right now in, in the life of Seacoast, one of the things we're doing is we're obviously tithing is a regular thing, but we're giving to the CLC as well. And so for people like myself, and I know many of you guys, um, that equates to close to 20% of your income is going to these things, which if we go to the Old Testament, I'm not getting into the whole thing. I think they're around 23% with all of their tithes and offerings and giving and things like that. So there's a long biblical basis for this. We could talk about it more. If you um, only tithe and you don't give anything above that, are you a generous person? Hmm. Are you just being no. faithful and obedient? No, you're an obedient person. Yeah. You're not generous. That's great. That's a good. That's a good answer. Okay. Um, what are just what's what's one benefit of being uh, somebody who has their finances freedom. aligned with God's freedom? freedom? Absolutely, freedom. You see Him as the provider, not you. And so you're you not stressed. I, you I, we have been broke as a joke before. And when I was trusting God, I was not at all concerned about it. I was like, I don't, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So God's going to do what he's going to do. Yeah. Versus I had a ton of money coming in and I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. And I was constantly thinking about money. You've, uh, I'll, we'll just end on this maybe, but uh, Cody, you gave a talk many years ago about this illustration that always stuck in my head is that, that you can live your life with both hands clenched down. So your palms are face earthward, holding on to everything, or you can have both your palms open to God and that's where freedom and peace is found. That's right. So I thought that was a good illustration. All right. Thanks, you guys. Let's, uh, Matt, you get to start us off tomorrow talking about tithe, apparently. I sure do. So. I guess so. <laughs> All right. See ya. Okay, now we're going to turn it back to you, our listeners. If you would like to learn more about this topic, the main resource for the rest of this week's Devos is the Live Well Workbook by Crown Financial Ministries. We have some questions for you to think about as we close today. Question one. David offers the prayer in the scripture for today after he has finished collecting all of the treasure necessary to build God's temple. What stands out to you about what he says? Question two. You own nothing. Do you think this statement is accurate? Why or why not? How does the idea that you are a manager, not an owner, make you feel? Question three. 
When you think about God's part and your part in managing your resources, how are you doing? Are you being faithful? Why or why not? What needs to change? Hey, thanks for joining us today. You hope that uh, you've learned something. Maybe you're inspired to something. You recognize something. Something surprising to us is that we were moved by some of the conversation we had. We didn't realize how passionate we were about some of these issues. And so we begin to talk about how life-changing they are. I hope that you not only heard what we're talking about, but that you're going to take some action. Change the way you're thinking. Involve yourself in something. Do something in response. Don't let it just be an intellectual exercise. Thanks again for joining us. Join us again tomorrow.